Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy, detective. Jordan, I know that longtime Jordan, Jesse, go listeners miss when I just uh, didn't have anything to say. So I would just describe the weather in Los Angeles at the top of the show. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a bummer now. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear that segment. When I had run out of content literally at the beginning of the program, and I would just describe the weather. Anyway, here in Los Angeles, we had a tropical storm. <laughs> yeah, it's been... <laughs> what uh, the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's been weird and not fun, the weather. <laughs> it's so weird and gross. Last year, I tried to adopt a philosophy of hot positivity. Yeah, well, you were living... I mean, was one year ago, you were still living in your non-air-conditioned apartment, right? Right. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a survival move, the hot positivity. Yeah, it was like a trauma response. Sure, exactly. Uh, and now, you know, and now I have a wall unit. God bless the wall unit. And I'm a little more air-conditioned, but the heat has just gotten so intense. It has eroded. It has eroded the hot positivity that I had built up. The love of, wow. you know, the love of jean shorts. The love of, you know taking a soda out of the fridge and sensually rubbing it down my neck. All these things oh that I was gosh. taking pleasure in during last year's hot positivity. I just, I, I couldn't do it. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm bummed. And yeah, then it was like, you're getting some rain, you're getting some rain. And we were excited, but like, oh, but it'll also be hot. It'll also be hot and weird and you'll be itchy a lot. I'm so itchy. Yeah, one good thing happened to me. One kind of some mm. summer thing happened to me. I was at this the desert gas station. One vending machine. The, you know, the convenience store is closed. It's dusty. I don't even know if these pumps work. Let me let me see if I can guess a couple things in this machine. Is this drinks yeah. only or is this drinks is this snacks? It's just a drinks machine. It's outdoors. I don't even honestly know what it's plugged into. You got a squirt in there? I only saw one thing being ordered. So Cindy Crawford happened to be there. She orders oh. herself a Diet Pepsi. <laughs> right. I don't know what supermodel Cindy Crawford is doing out in the middle of the desert. Honestly, I don't know what I was doing out in the middle of the desert. She, But she ordered this Diet Pepsi. And I think I'll be thinking about the way she drank this Pepsi yeah. for the rest of my goddamn life. And then Criss Cross was there and they, they wrapped about Sprite. Anyway, yeah. so miserable weather, but and I got to see, you know, there's this ancient tree in front of my house that keeps dropping murderous branches. I didn't know that. No, tell me okay. about this. Uh, tell me about this death tree. Well, maybe do we want to introduce our guest and see if he has any see experience has with death, death tree. trees, um, <laughs> murder bushes. <laughs> sure. Doom tree, the Minneapolis rap collective. Sure. Let's hear it. Why not? Our guest on the program... Stabgrass. <laughs> Stabgrass. You know what? Great rap collective, Stabgrass. I'm going to take that tax incentive, and I'm taking out my whole lawn and putting in native Stabgrasses. Right. It's they're you know, they're, they're water-wise. Yeah. Our guest on the program is a stand-up comic, and he is the co-creator and star of one of the funniest new shows on... You know what? The funniest new show on television fucking hilarious show called this fool chris estrada hi chris what's up jesse what's up jordan thanks for having me yeah thanks for coming what a joy what's the most murderous plant you've ever encountered kind of thing most murderous plant i don't know i mean it's meth derived from a plant yeah probably <laughs> <laughs> yeah i did that for a few years i don't know if that's it. <laughs> yeah, i mean that'll do it you know <laughs> if you're looking for self-harm that's a good that's a good path and uh, at the end of the day meth is just an herb man yeah. yeah the founding fathers did meth and i don't want to sound i don't want to sound snooty but you got to go to the farmer's market to get the real farm to table meth the stuff you're getting at the grocery store. Yeah, I only take local meth. Yeah. That's what Alice Waters always does <laughs> when she needs to stay up all night at Chez Panisse. You know, think think globally, meth locally. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the bumper sticker on my Tesla says. 
That's what I said. I go, you know, why buy why buy cocaine that's coming from another country? You know, why don't you buy meth that you know it's being cooked in a garage in Pacoima? Yeah. <laughs> Support Pacoima. <laughs> Man, I feel gosh, I feel that so deeply, Chris. I feel like I feel like in today's busy high-tech world, we're all just connecting on social media mm, and mm-hmm, mm eating industrialized foods. Right. I think so many people forget the importance of Pacoima. Oh, come you know? on. Home of Richie Valens. <laughs> Richie Valens. <laughs> La Bamba. Home of Richie Valens and my cousin Gilbert and Javier. Oh, yeah. three legends. Two cousins. <laughs> <laughs> it was a shame what happened to them all on the day the music died. Well, they, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they were in the plane with Buddy Holly and the big bottle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Sugar Free, except he's from... Pomona, which just sounds like Pacoima. It's easy to confuse them because they sound similar, but only one has Gilbert. Yeah, only one has Gilbert. (laughs) Chris, what is your, what's your heat tolerance like? We're, we're currently in the middle of the most unpleasant heat. Uh, How do you, how how are you handling it? You know, I was fine in the beginning when it was dry ass oven heat. I can, I I can handle that. You know, I, I grew up here, dry ass Oven heat is all good with me. It's this humidity. I can't do it. I mean, that mugginess, it messed my brain up because I remember looking outside my window like three days ago or two days ago and like going, yo, it's cloudy. It's going to be kind of chilly outside. And I went and it was hot. It was disgusting. It's the humidity messes me up. When I lived in Washington, D.C., which I did for a couple summers as a young man, the main thing that I remember is that I would walk to the Metro and it was like a three block walk. Like it was not a long walk and I'd be making this walk at, to go to work. So it'd be a 30 in the morning or whatever. And I would between the apartment where I was staying and that Metro station, I would become wet, like not just sweaty, but full body as though I had gone swimming in my clothing Yeah, and absolutely just a miserable, horrible experience. <laughs> and like even getting, what did we have? 40 hours of that maybe? I'm telling <laughs> like, you. Yeah. I don't, I don't mind my own sweat, but getting atmosphere on me. Like, yeah, getting, <laughs> sure. It's no good. When God is sweating. <laughs> yeah. This is why I've always, sorry, I know this is a hot take, but we need to erode the ozone faster. Yeah. Get rid of all this atmosphere i mean that's literally a hot take jordan thank you yes <laughs> did, did jordan just go there yeah i went there <laughs> that's a good point chris i think jordan did go some, go there i i know we've just met but something you'll find about me is that i go there yeah i i remember i looked you up on twitter and your twitter bio was i go there yeah, yeah. <laughs> enfp <laughs> enfp i go there <laughs> Jesse, tell us about this tree. What are you, what's, what's going down? This is an aged eucalyptus tree that's outside my house. I live in a very old house and I think this tree might be. Wait, so you got, you got koala problems. I mean, no, I have tree branch problems and koala benefits. Mm. The koalas, I love the koalas. And you know what? Because they'll fuck you and they don't want a relationship. (laughs) koalas with benefits thank you jordan they're not gonna like text you like hey just thinking about you another great thing about the neighborhood that i live in so i have the eucalyptus tree to the left to the right i got a gum tree world kookaburra oh boy you know they're they're clingy they're the clingiest australian bird they are very clingy This tree is giant and old, and every time I call the city of Los Angeles about it, have you guys ever called 311, like, to get services? Yeah. I have. It's a nightmare. It is. It's It's a nightmare. nightmare. But they will come. What's crazy is, if I call 311, or I, I often use the app, and I say that giant tree branches have fallen out of the tree by my house and they're going to kill someone... And they've already dented a car before my very eyes. They will come and clean them up and then an arborist will come. And if I catch, normally the arborist doesn't like ring my doorbell, but I've had them come out like three times. One time I caught them and I'm like, oh my God, are you the arborist from the city? He's like, yeah. 
And I'm like, giant fucking branches have fallen out of this tree, like a like a six inch wide branch, an eight inch wide branch had fallen from this tree. He looks at it and he goes, yeah, it's an old tree. And then he just got back in his car and left. <laughs> and then he tipped his shades like on CSI. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. He just shined a black wow! light on it and floored it. <laughs> it's not much of a catchphrase. I got to see a giant branch fall out of it onto the commercial building next to me's roof mm. uh, with my son, Oscar. It was just a real thrill, a real opportunity to see nature's majesty and to learn that God hates us and wants us to die. Very I true. Say. That's the whole tree story. I mean, I don't have more about this giant eucalyptus tree. Does it provide Chris, uh, shade? You're raising your hand. <laughs> uh, I'm calling on you, Chris. Such a polite guest. <laughs> uh, does it provide shade? It does provide some shade, but with the shade comes real danger, Chris. Yeah. Like, I don't want to... I don't have a garage. I have a very small driveway that my wife had to sell her car and buy a different car to fit the car in the driveway. And so there's only two parking spaces in front of my house. Across the street from my house is a metal shop. So these guys in the metal shop, they take up the parking spaces. I mean, God bless them. They're at work. Yeah. But they they take up the parking places. And there's the one spot that's often open is the one under this tree. Hmm. And I would park under this tree until the day that I came out of my house and there was like a 12 foot long tree branch on top of a civic that literally had like a broken windshield and a, you know, like as though someone had karate chopped the hood of the car. And I decided that it was worth parking in the one hour zone and moving every one hour for the rest of my life rather than parking under that tree. I just think eucalyptus trees, for the most part, are kind of like shitty, ugly trees. They're not robust, and they don't really give the kind of shade that you imagine a tree should give. You know what I mean? Non-native tree, too. Not, That's an yep. invasive tree. Invasive tree, non-native. They catch on fire easily, from what I hear. Is that what you heard, or is <laughs> was that your experience back in your meth days, Chris? Uh, that was all... I just heard that. You're like, you know, you know where there's a lot of eucalyptus trees, Pacoima. Well, <laughs> used to be a lot of them. Funny you mentioned Pacoima. Used to be a lot of eucalyptus trees there. Yeah. I um, chopped them all down at nice three in the morning. Nice eucalyptus tree here. It'd be terrible if something were to happen to it. <laughs> Can you please go back on drugs, Chris, just overnight and chop down this eucalyptus tree outside my house? I'll clean up your yard, too. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Chris, I actually need some holes dug. Yeah. Not for any particular reason. Yeah, would you mind burning some insulation off some wires for me? I'm on it. I'm calling my connect right now. <laughs> thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Operator, get me Pacoima. Uh, guys, I know that this is unusual for the show. Chris, you wouldn't know this. You haven't been on the show in the past. But we actually have some segments I would like to get to on the program. Uh-huh. Do you mind? No, so please. On Twitter, a Twitter user named at Cato Catonian tweeted this at me the other day. I just recalled I had a dream last night that I was hosting a podcast with at Jesse Thorne. Chris, for your benefit, that's me. And our segments were Tall People We Know, Sandwiches of the Bay Area, and what's up with Ray Romano? So I just thought we'd we just hit it from the top with tall people we know. Of course, Steve Agee is one. Very tall. <laughs> what's he about? Six five, six six? Sure. <laughs> who's a who's a tall person you know, Jordan? <sighs> Let's see. Um it's my friend Ian. Pretty tall guy. Oh, Ian Waltersdorf. That guy's very tall. Yeah, we had uh we had a little breakfast the other day. It was fun. Um Ian Waltersdorf, not just tall. One year he was in two commercials in the same Super Bowl. Chris, you can see why this is probably our most beloved segment. Oh, no. (laughs) It's going great. Chris, you know anyone? Hot fire. You know anybody tall? I'm trying to think. It's currently somebody I know. He's 6'5". That's, yeah, that's pretty tall. You know, do you ever have this feeling when you're watching a basketball game and, like, the smallest guy is 6'3", and you're like... Literally the tallest person I've ever met is six five. Yeah. Like six six, maybe. Like there's multiple seven foot tall guys in that. 
Yeah. That's all. It's really a giant scheme. Yeah, it really is. A lot of people think that uh, football and baseball are a Giants game because of the New York Giants and San Francisco Giants. But the honest truth is that all basketball teams are giant teams. Next topic here is uh, Bay Area sandwiches. Sandwiches of the Bay Area, of course. You guys know me. I'm going to go with Tommy's Joint, the legendary Tommy's Joint. Second place is going to be the sandwich place in the San Francisco State University Student Union. It's nice. They have a nice sour roll and a good Dutch crunch. And then, and this I don't think is going to be controversial, Jordan, Lee's Delicatessen. Mm. Because you know why, Jordan? It's very affordable. Sure. You work an office job downtown, you can get yourself a $5 sandwich. You know what I mean? You don't have to pay those fancy hotel restaurant prices. You do you guys have any top sandwiches? I kind of think sandwiches. Um, Grocery store sandwich is always a winner. I love a good always. Whole Foods sandwich. Oh, should order at the Whole Foods counter. You know, grilled chicken, grilled chicken sandwich. It's really oh, that's pretty ritzy. That's not a sandwich you're going to get at the Kroger. Your boy has a TV show. Yeah, <laughs> it's Hell true. Yeah. Slice me up, slice me up a chicken breast. This one's on Hulu. <laughs> yeah, give me some of that tapenade, baby. <laughs> no, you know what's a good sandwich place? It's tamarind. Have you guys had tamarind on Hollywood Boulevard? No. Uh-huh. What kind of sandwich is there? Just old school, kind of like deli cold sandwiches. They the one that's not cold. They have a meatball sandwich. It's and an old school sandwich spot closes at like five every day. It's not open late, just open from like nine to five. Great. Yeah. Usually if a place has weird hours, it's going to be pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a, <laughs> just a great restaurant truism. It's either pretty good or inedible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. There's a sandwich place that is between my house and my office called East Side Italian Delicatessen. Mm-hmm. And the food there is good. It's not extraordinarily good, but it's good. But if you ever, like, if you're walking around, you think East Los Angeles is, uh, you know, it's a bunch of hipsters and, you know, just uh, a bunch of uh, ladies pushing strollers with six children. That is a lot of this part of L.A. But if you want to meet every firefighter and police officer in all of Los Angeles, Eastside Italian Delicatessen is your spot. Every, like you'll be in line at this deli and there will be 12 giant men in line with you. Uh, six of them in fireman t-shirts and six of them in police uniforms. I think that this is the place, Chris, that you should go and then just announce that, you know, Michael Imperioli. Yeah, <laughs> that's where I'm going to go. They're going to love that. Uh, Michael Imperioli is really funny on your show. It's, yeah. It's such a cool, were you a Sopranos fan? Oh, going huge. Into it? Huge. I was a big Sopranos fan. I remember when, like, they asked us to offer it to someone. And I was like, I I had no idea who to offer it to. And I I was walking around at night with a friend. And he said, you should offer it to Michael Imperioli. And I was like, there's no way he would do this. And then he'd be like, no, you'd be surprised. He probably doesn't get offered that much stuff. Because, like, he probably gets stuff offered in the vein of, like, a gangster, you know? And I was like, yeah, let's see. And then we offered it to him and he got back to us like a, five days later and was like, yeah, I'll do it. He quick turnaround from Imperioli. I yeah, like that. Quick turnaround. Were you worried, Chris, that he would hear that you had already been turned down by little Stevie Van Zandt? Yeah. He, he was, yeah. Him and Big Pussy. He was really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're just going down the Sopranos call sheet. <laughs> yeah. Him and Big Pussy turned us down. And then I said, well, guys. Edie Falco's a maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, she would be electric in that role. (laughs) Honestly, she would be great in that because she's fucking amazing. (laughs) One time we were I was joking around with them. We had been shooting for about a month now and felt pretty comfortable with the guy. And I thought he knew that I would be playing around. We were doing a scene and the action line said, Julio, my character looks surprised. So I went up to him and I said, Hey, Michael, as a veteran in the game, I, no, I said, hey, Mikey, my man, as a, <laughs> as a veteran in the game, it says Julio looks surprised. What do you think is better, this face or this face? <laughs> and well, I, we would say I, for, the, for the listener at home, yeah. 
they were both surprised faces. One of them I would call an open face. Yes. One of them I would call a closed a face. A closed face, yeah. And I thought yeah. he would know Chris, that I was joking around. For me personally, around. split the difference. Split the difference. Oh, yeah. wow. And this is coming now, Chris. This is something that you should take pretty seriously. Oh, I am. Uh, because Jordan was in the movie all about Steve. Yeah. Big fan. That is all, would someone say, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> this is probably huge for you. Yeah. Um, that is always something. If someone's asking you to choose between two things, like you can just fucking exit that conversation by saying split the difference. <laughs> and they will think they will think that you're saying it for a good reason. I love just saying split the difference and, and fucking oh. ejecting from whatever's going on. I'm excited, Jordan, to learn about a new that's a great age from you. Mm-hmm. Because I know that as a as a childless man, as far as we know. It's a fun age. Yeah. Uh, that's a fun age is something that you're got to get a son always. Have you thought at all about getting a son, Jordan? No, I mean, and my, and I'm so mad. I mean, I've been saying on this show, Chris, for you, I, I always say I got to get a son. I'm trying to get a son. Yeah. And it's a shame that they stole that concept for the new game of Thrones, which is basically, <laughs> I got to get a son, the show. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big problem for us. They, they will claim. You. They did take that from me. Yes. <laughs> George R.R. R. Martin. They will claim parallel thinking. Yeah. <laughs> they will claim parallel thinking, but we see past their fucking... <laughs> What's the guy who was the star of action? You know the television show Action? I don't know. Yeah, I don't... And he not... was on Saturday Night Live and he stole a bunch of jokes. Oh, uh, I don't know. Jay Moore. Jay Moore Jay is Moore. the name I was yeah. looking for. Buddy Hackett was on that show? holy cow wait now, that's Chris, a lineup uh you you need to finish your story so you're okay so you're talking to michael imperioli you're like what yeah what do you want a or b you give him two faces two great faces but i intentionally i'm kind of talking like a douchebag i'm calling him mikey my man and then i say <laughs> as a veteran in the game i was trying to evoke like an entourage character you know right and yeah he i thought he knew i was joking so he just looked at me he goes he sighed. He went, are you fucking serious? <laughs> I thought, oh, shit, he doesn't know I'm joking. But then I could tell that he caught himself feeling bad. And then he said, he just went into, like, advice mode. And he goes, hey, listen, man, we've been doing this for a month. You're not bad at this. You're pretty good. Like, you shouldn't ask questions like that. And then he just said, look, started giving me advice on acting. And he went on for, like, almost two minutes. And I just kept thinking, oh, shit, he thinks I was honestly asking him this and then finally, I was just like, hey, uh, I'm really sorry. I really appreciate all the advice you just gave me right now. Like, really invaluable, <laughs> really invaluable advice, you know. But I, I, I was actually just joking with you. <laughs> and then he was just like, are you fucking serious? And then- <laughs> I, such a, I think about that a lot because I feel like, uh, you know, a lot of times you will, you will see a comedy show that has one or two, like, actors from the world of yeah. serious acting, like, Andre you know. Brower will be on there. Yeah, that's a great example. It's like, as a comedy person, we we move through the world doing these dumb little bits, you know? Yeah. They give us energy. Um, it prevents us from having an emotional, honest conversation. <laughs> this is something our friend Naomi Ekparagan calls bit boys. Yes, sure. The concept of a bit boy. Yeah. But yeah, I imagine like doing that kind of between take fucking around with someone who has a process is probably very very oh, yeah. different it, it made me feel like a complete fool <laughs> it's almost like he saw through me and he was just like you don't read your lines like when you're at home do you <laughs> excuse me i need to call edie falco who i know who i'm close with her child's having a christening mm. Uh, Jesse, there was a third uh, segment on that uh, tweet. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up, Jordan. I wanted to close this loop. The third segment on the tweet is, what's up with Ray Romano? Um, So first of all, I just wanted to take this opportunity to acknowledge that Get Shorty, the television show, was pretty great. Underseen because it was on Stars or some shit, but it's on streaming somewhere now. If you get a chance to watch it, it's a fucking great show. Ray Romano's great on it, like he is on everything. Oh, yeah. So that's first first and foremost. I just want to credit him for that. And, of course, I'll go all the way back to Men of a Certain Age, another profoundly underrated Ray Romano program. 
I'm glad you brought that up. I was about to bring that up. Love that yeah. show. Really, it's really fucking good. great show. Co-created by Mike Royce. Yep. Uh, who is, I think, hasn't Mike been on Jordan Jesse Go? He was on Jordan Jesse Go one time, right? Oh, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't remember. I think he was on Jordan Jesse Go one time. He's a executive producer on Everybody Loves Raymond and co-created Enlisted and helped run One Day at a Time. Wonderful man. Wonderful man. Ray Romano also has a film coming out that he wrote and directed. So I'm very excited about checking that out. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. That's all I got on Ray Romano. He he also was in an HBO Max show that was canceled because of that that whole mess over there. I don't know if you heard about that. Somewhere in Queens is the name of the film. He was also in that, you know, rock shows are can be pretty bad. He was in Vinyl. Do you guys remember Vinyl? Mm-hmm. He was in that, that was created by Cameron Crowe, maybe. No, that was Roadies, and that was oh, okay. equally bad. <laughs> that was really cringy. Yeah, and I was excited for vinyl. I really liked, yeah, I was like, awesome. Like, I'm on board for this, you know, love the era, love the cast. And yeah, and it just like, I think, I think rock and roll is just not cool and will never be cool again. I think it is just like, yep. I think everyone, (laughs) everyone, like, I think if you are participating in rock and roll, and I, you know, rock and roll is great music. I'm not, but I think if you're participating in rock and roll and exuding any kind of rock and roll style or attitude, you are just such a fucking dork now. Mm. I think now it is just so dorky to rock. And I'm not saying that people should not. You're in the, the 1976 or something? I'm not saying that people should not rock yeah. or produce rock music. I think it makes a lot of people happy still. But like having a rock and roll vibe is... I mean, it's just like now I think if you are like have an open shirt with chains and a lot of scarves, you might as well just be a 1989 nerd with your pants pulled up and pocket protectors, you know, like it is that dorky. I think Chris is going to disagree with this. This is a guy who offered little Stevie Van Zandt (laughs) a job on his program. Yeah. No, you know, I got to agree with you, though, because I think. You know what it is? Rock music now, if you know somebody that's really into rock music, people go, oh, you're a fanboy. You're familiar with records. You're familiar with years that things came out. Sure. And that's not like <laughs> cool things came out. Yeah. You know, you're just like, oh, I can tell you why the year 1977 is important. You know, right. and nobody wants to have that conversation. My girlfriend doesn't want to have that conversation with me. <laughs> She countless, you know, countless times has told me I don't care about the year 1977. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, this is a safe space. Please tell us all why 1977 was such an important year. Well, let me tell you. Let me get into no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I can make a, a counterpoint to this argument. And yeah. it's funny that I would make a counterpoint because I'm probably the least rock and roll guy in this room. Jordan, you're a punk rock guy. As we've discussed, you like a melodic punk rock song. A Ted Leo, Chris, you're wearing a PIL T-shirt right now, so you're a you're a certified post punker. Yeah, but I'm going to throw a few names at you, and then I want you to say back to me that rock and roll isn't cool anymore. Talking about Donnie York, Gene Jaramillo, Jocko, Downtown Michael Brown, Rock and Randy, Screamin' Scott Simon, Keith Circus Music Reed. Tim Butler and Ty Cock. Guys, that's Sha Na Na. <laughs> Rock and roll will never die. I will never die. I thought these were going to be people who were in Gary Sinise's band. Uh, yeah. <laughs> these are the session musicians that played on the return of Bruno. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> these are the guys who needed a paycheck. So they were Russell Crowe's band for a tour. But I have a question for you guys sincerely. Do you think that the reason that rock and roll, that rock and roll bullshit isn't cool to you anymore? You know, whatever it is, be it Aerosmith scarves or Alice Cooper Frankensteins. Or do you like that my reference for Alice Cooper is just Wayne's World? Wayne's World era (laughs) Alice Cooper? I don't know that Alice Cooper has gone through a lot of phases. (laughs) Well, he's into golf now, right? I don't know. 
maybe that should be next week's segment instead of we can swap out Alice Cooper for Ray Romano. I think he's a Republican and he's into golf. Makes sense. Do you, but do you think it's possible that the reason you guys don't think this cool is, is because you're both punk rock guys? And so, you know, your aesthetics are based on rejecting the, mm. the majestic glamour of rock and roll music. You know, possibly. But I keep thinking about even big bands that I like that were like popular. Like, you know, if you think of, I don't know, just think even thinking <laughs> like of, Woody Herman, <laughs> Woody Herman, yes, Woody Herman. but even thinking about like, I don't know, when will you see another Nirvana again? I think that thing, I think it's cool. I just think everybody else thinks it's dorky now, you know, or when will you see another Rage Against the Machine or even thinking about bands that are pretty big, like Smashing Pumpkins? I don't know. When are people going to see that again? I don't think they care. That guy's too busy writing WWE storylines. Yeah. Whatever. Isn't that crazy? I love that. <laughs> Becoming a cat celebrity. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think it's just over and that's fine. Yeah. And I think we can still see these bands when they come around on tour as part of a package tour where there's a craft beer garden. Or I don't know. Maybe it's not dead. I, it's just, you know, it's, I don't think that it's dead. It just, I don't think anybody thinks it's cool anymore. But like, I have friends, they went to go see Pavement over the weekend and oh, all yeah. those shows were sold out. Yeah. No, I think there's, yeah, I think there's still like, mm-hmm. okay. I went to see Super Chunk a few weeks yeah. ago. Uh, and yeah. Another like great crowd there for this. Like, Super Chunk is an amazing band. They still like, They've put out the best albums of their career, I would say. As someone who's loved them since high school, I would say that I think their most recent albums are their best albums. And that's like, who can you say that about? Like, basically no one who's been around since the 80s, like, is still making that high quality of music. So I'm like, I'm stoked to be there. Great crowd. And I'm getting my, like, pre-show drink. And I'm kind of, like, finding a space at the bar. And there's, like, a you know, there's a young, like very hip Gen Z bartender working this venue and she is pissed. She's just fucking pissed. I can tell like, and I'm like, why, well, why is she, why, what's, why is this woman so agitated? Like, and I'm trying to get the drink and then she just kind of yells to the whole room. Guys, guys, you don't have to line up. This isn't England. <laughs> this thing was just so full of polite glasses cardigan men who were lining up to get their drinks like nice schoolboys. They're there to rock out in a respectful manner. Exactly. Yes. Rock out in a respectful manner and be in the lift by 11 so they can take the sitter home at 1130. Is it possible, Jordan, that they weren't lining up for drinks? They were lining up for Tom Sharpling's autograph? (laughs) <laughs> I totally saw Tom Sharpling there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had this thing on Bullseye, my NPR show, where I will book music acts on there once in a while that I'm really excited about. And sometimes it'll come out in a way that I am just totally fucking thrilled with. And th- then I will not hear from anyone about it. And then I will have a conversation with Bonnie Hunt and people will be over the fucking moon. Now, I'm not saying that people should not be over the fucking moon about Bonnie Hunt because she is so fucking cool and hilarious. But I'm just saying I had a great conversation with G Perico. And so I'm always like not sure what to do about this. Like, I'm not sure whether I should just stop having musicians on because they're too... You know, it's it's too compartmentalized in terms of audience. But I was like, I feel like it might just be who's listening. So I went on Twitter and I made a poll that just said, who is best? And I put Frank Sinatra, Beyonce, The Replacements. And The Replacements got 50%. The Replacements didn't just win dominated the poll. So maybe rock and roll is still cool. Yeah. Is the moral of that story. I think people are trolling you, Jesse. Yeah. I think people are trying to piss you off. <laughs> it's just John Moe voting a thousand times. <laughs> Jesse, I love you, but you're an easily trolled man. <laughs> I also like to imagine that everybody that took that poll, it was living in Minneapolis at the time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Do you have your Twitter set to Minneapolis? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so. Look, some of the people are in Portland. That's true. 
Oregon and Maine, Chris. Yeah. Oregon and Maine. But you know, interviewing Jeep Perico, that's pretty cool. I mean, that guy, that guy has a crazy ass story. He got shot one time and then still went to go perform. That guy is out of control. Yeah. That guy is amazing. Yeah, he's amazing. Sometimes what's crazy is like I interview on Bullseye, just interview people from you know, from all walks of creative life, right? And like you interview Michael Stipe and it's like, this guy's in fucking REM. And then you're like reading about REM or whatever. And you're like, oh, right. REM sold 70 million albums or whatever. Like, it's not just the guy from Band of Horses where you're like, this is good music that that people who like music like or whatever. It's like, oh, right. This guy is a mega celeb. And you, you know, movie stars and shit like that. But fucking G Perico comes into your studio and this guy has so completely invented his entire life. Oh, yeah. Like 100 percent invented every aspect of his life and now has a Lamborghini. Yep. That is unbelievable to me. You know, like with all due respect to John Darneal, a wonderful man, (laughs) you know, had had many tough years of poverty to build his career and stuff. When G Perico comes in and just like tells you about how he doesn't stop at stoplights in case someone shoots him, you're just like, and he means it. Yeah. Like he's not just saying that. You can tell he's not just saying that. But also, he's like immediately your friend. <laughs> you're like, holy shit. And he has like juicy ass hair. Yeah. Like, oh. This is a, this is coming at me left and right. He's rocking that easy perm. Oh, man. (laughs) Chris, did you see Public Image Limited when they came? They were like in a music festival recently, right? Oh, yeah. 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 I didn't see them at that, but I saw them a few years ago beforehand when they came around. Around the time that that documentary came out, there's a documentary on Public Image Limited called Public Image is Cracked or something. It's a really great documentary, but yeah, it was cool. He's just a weird guy, though. Johnny Johnny Lydon's a weird guy. We were talking about punk rock on bullseye chris when you came on the show was there a point when you stopped mixing it up at a punk rock show was there a point when you decided that you're gonna sit at the bar there was a point i think you know a few years ago i went to go see the buscocks and this was like maybe six years ago and they were playing at the mayan in downtown los angeles and i just remember i tried to slam dance and then i thought to myself I'm 33. <laughs> 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 I just thought I'm going to go. My knees hurt. I got, you know, I was like, I'm going to go get a drink and then just really enjoy the show standing from a safe I'm, distance. There's like a lot of, you know, here in Los Angeles, there's like, there's like surfer dudes that work at ad agencies and talk about their punk rock 45s. And that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. But I really admire just like a 54-year-old punk rock dude. Oh, yeah. Who's just all in. And he's like, yes, forever. It's like, I got a knee replacement this week, but I will never stop having contempt for artifice or whatever type of punk rock they're into. Oh, yeah. Because you meet so many of these guys who are now like, yeah, you know, I'm ahead of a studio. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the head of a network. But I love, you know, sure. I was a big germs fan. Yeah, <laughs> like, sure. You want to see my germs burn? Yeah, yeah. I still got the germs burn. So they got the back of the bus. Ava Mendez is coming in later. Yeah. <laughs> I just love those guys. And then they're also still telling you, well, the, this is what the audience wants from this show. <laughs> my wife's cousin, Chris, very lovely man, very wonderful man. It was a few years older than us. And... In some ways, he defined punk rock to me. There was a lot of punk rock kids at my high school. And, you know, it was like the peak of, of Berkeley punk rock and, you know, a lot of gutter punks. High school, that kind of thing. Yeah. But like Chris was the apotheosis of it. And it wasn't because he was the most punk rock dude. In fact, you know, he's, he's probably a, around a Jordan level of punk rock dude, which is to say also like some indie rock and that kind of thing not a pure punk rock dude, but I remember that he represented punk rock to me because at some point my wife told me that he washed his hair with bar soap. 
And I don't know why that meant <laughs> that he was, I don't know what specifically about that, but that seemed like a specific that meant yeah. that he was for real. It's just not letting the man tell you what to put the soap on. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of feel like Pert Plus is pretty punk rock. Mike Piazza <laughs> uses it. That's true. <laughs> no, he uses Selsen Blue. Sorry. I take it back. Well. <laughs> Yeah, I can destroy the dandruff as if it was the system <laughs> was oppressing you. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Hey gang, this is Jordan Morris, boy detective. I thought we'd try something a little bit new. A little bit fun, a little bit funky this week. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to do the business portion of the show by myself. Look out. This could get wild. All right. As you may know, this episode of Jordan Jesse Go, like all episodes of Jordan Jesse Go and all the shows on Maximum Fun, are brought to you by everybody who went to MaximumFun.org slash join and became a member. We thank everyone who has done that. And uh, if you haven't done that, uh, maybe check out that URL. You can keep the shows here going and uh, get some cool bonus content while you're at it. But we've also got some other great folks we want to thank this week. Now a word from our sponsor, better help. Uh, so both Jesse and I have talked a lot on this show about how much therapy has helped us. Just speaking from personal experience, I was a little bit nervous to try it. You know, I had some preconceived notions about how it would go. But uh, once I did, I can really say it's one of the best decisions I ever made. I feel less stressed. I handle problems better. It's, you know, a great way to talk out, not just huge life-changing problems, but little day-to-day problems. It's great when you're having a tough time. It's great when you're not having a tough time. It can help with anxiety and depression. If any of this sounds good to you, uh, there's a lot of great ways to get therapy, but one option you can check out is BetterHelp. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. You can get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists at any time. Uh, That's actually a really great feature. For some reason, you don't jive with the first therapist you get. It's easy to switch, and uh, that's a really cool feature. And it being entirely online is also really cool. I actually do my therapy online. Sometimes I do it via video chat. Sometimes I do it uh, while I'm taking a walk. Uh, If you do it at home, you're pet can be with you if you have a pet. So yeah, online therapy uh, is really, really cool. I definitely recommend it. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash jjgo to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash jjgo. And now another word from our other sponsor, Lumi Labs. So you've probably heard about microdosing. If not, just know that all sorts of people, yours truly included, are microdosing daily to feel healthier and perform better. Uh, our show today is sponsored by Microdose Gummies. Microdose Gummies deliver perfect entry level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. I don't know if you've ever tried edibles and had an unexpected reaction to them. I know that's something that has happened to me. They can be kind of tricky. You get too much. You don't get enough. And you get a reaction that you're not expecting. But I really, really like microdose for those reasons. I got these Lumi Labs microdose wild berry gummies. Uh, They really, really taste good. You take one if you just want a little bit. If you want a little bit more, you can have two. It's a great way to wind down. It's a great way to chill out for the evening. And, oh boy, it'll help you sleep. If you're having a hard time sleeping, 
these gummies are a great way to go. Microdose is available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code JJGO to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show description. But again, that's microdose.com, code JJ Go. All right. I think that went pretty well. Yeah. Solo ad reads. They're fun. All right. Back to the show. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. This is Chris Estrada, LA Cutie Pie. Yeah, no doubt about it. Everybody <laughs> knows that about fucking Estrada. It's true. Can confirm. Yeah. This guy's a regular fucking uh, Judy Garland. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> the what they say about me. Yeah. The definitional LA cutie pie, right? I've been called the Mexican Judy Garland. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you're you're a triple threat, singing, dancing, and meth. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry your mother did that to you, Chris. I'm sorry your mother made you take all those diet pills. <laughs> when something momentous happens to you, we ask you to call us. Uh, our phone number is 206-984-4FUN. Although at this point, it's 2022, and you should just send us a voice memo from your phone at jjgo at maximumfun.org. Here's one of those people that did that. Hey, Jordan, Jesse, uh, guest. Uh, here to report a momentous occasion. Um, I'm driving home from, from work right now, and I just drove uh, by a, a Jeep with, you know, like uh, the, the door, the driver's side door off, as you can do. And uh, as I got closer, I noticed that the driver was driving just with his pants down around his ankles. Um, he looked to be wearing underpants, to, as far as I could tell. Wasn't doing anything interesting. He was there with his uh, his, his buddy in the in the passenger seat, and Nothing, nothing else interesting or exciting was going on, but he was just, I guess, enjoying a, a ride in his Jeep with the door off and his pants down around his ankles, uh, just, just enjoying the afternoon. So I thought I'd call and, 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 and let you guys know. Uh, have a great day. Thanks for thinking of us. This is the best thing I've heard about in months. Is it? Is it fun or wrong? Is like, is, is he? Is he doing this for like flasher reasons? Does he does he want people to see what's going well, on? But he has his undie pants on. Yeah, but I I don't know. I'm I'm I, I want to love it. I want to love it. I just worry. I worry. I worry. I worry. You worry about undie pants consent, and I I can see it. You know right. what this this seems like the tamest frat boy type of. Like these are older, like frat boy guys. They're in like their forties. They're frat brothers, and they were like, "What if you do something crazy right now?" And, <laughs> you know? Okay, all right. So, uh, but I got to do it fast. Ava Mendez is coming in later, yeah. <laughs> so I could do a keg stand on the dean's lawn. Yeah. But I got uh, I got yoga later. Can I ask you guys a question? Yeah. So we've talked about my little league coach Tim. Mm-hmm whose car only had one door. And when I talk about that, the reason that I bring it up is because it's so ridiculous, dangerous, as there was eight-year-olds in this car, and it reflected that Tim made poor choices in his life that led him to be possibly a little drunk, coaching Little League, and driving a one-door Cutlass Coupe. Now, a Jeep Wrangler has doors that you can take off of the car. Why is that allowed? Sports utility vehicle. You know, thank you, Chris. Right. And to go off off road, you know. Now, technically, Mm -hmm. you know, Tim's trunk was full of uh, aluminum baseball bats and you know, maybe a sliding pit if we were lucky. Does that not make it a sports utility vehicle? You know, you just fucked my world up right now. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. I don't know what a sports <laughs> utility vehicle is anymore. <laughs> yeah. Where am I? Yeah. <laughs> what year is it? <laughs> you, you used to have a TV show and you don't anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Chris, you're doing Shakespeare in the Park in Vermont now. Yeah. <laughs> you, I think I've figured out how I'm okay with this call. All right.
And again, we don't have all the information. We only have what's ruling in our mind palaces. Yeah. We only have eyewitness reports. And I think if we've learned anything from criminologists, it is that they're highly unreliable. Exactly. Memory is a funny thing. It is. It's sort of like a reverse Jordan Jessica. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm okay with this if the guy is wearing heart boxers. Heart boxers or similar. Classic comedy boxers. Because then I can do the work and convince myself that this is a yuckster. Okay. Let me ask you this. And not some sort of Jeep jack-off guy. Yeah. Yeah. A real Jeep-off. How do you feel about the fact that he's got a buddy in the car? And how do you feel about the fact that his buddy's holding a big cream pie? I feel great about that. I would love it (laughs) if he was getting pied while he was driving with his pants around his ankles, heart boxers out for the world to see. Every time he checks his side view mirror, his buddy gets hit by a two by four in the back of the head. Sure. He goes to change the radio. He gets a spray of seltzer. (laughs) (laughs) I'm love this guy's not this guy doesn't have any deviant sexual interests. He just wants to make America laugh. One stoplight at a time. Which of these is more interesting or more appropriate to you? He's driving his Jeep Wrangler. He's got the doors off. His pants are down around his ankles. All he sees is underpants. Or he's driving his Jeep Wrangler. Doors are off. He's not wearing any pants, and you see his underpants. All you see in this situation is his probably wingtip shoes and and sock garters, I, I'd like to imagine. I'm going to go with the latter. I think that'll be more interesting. Yeah. Is it more appropriate? Which one's more appropriate? Uh, it's more appropriate. You know, I mean, let's not be perverts about it. I want to be, yeah. you know. <laughs> Let's not, yeah. Let's not yeah. Be. be uncouth. It would be uncouth. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think underpants is like a swim trunks kind of thing, unless the pants are around the ankles, in which case it becomes a jack-off thing. I'm, maybe I'm confused. What's the distinction? What are we, what are you saying? Whether or not there's pants. So in one of the scenarios, he's just driving around. I thought there were pants. Yes. So I'm, that's why I'm offering these two choices. One of them is what this man observed, which is, is this guy driving the car with his underpants on, but his pants down around his ankles. The other option is he's driving the car, he's wearing his underpants, but there's no pants to be found. I think the pants make all the difference. Mm-hmm. I think in my... In my mind, where this is okay, and he has heart boxers, his pants are definitely around his ankles. You, so you you like the pants being there? Yeah, that's a classic pantsing. No, the pants being down around his ankles makes it a jack-off situation yeah, that, to that me. that implies that he's a pervert and he pulled them down. So what if you get in your Jeep with no pants on? That's better? <laughs> no. Maybe you got barbecue sauce on him. That's what happened to me. To me, that implies that that's a man having a mental breakdown. <laughs> that's possible Listen, this and is definitely true either way yeah. <laughs> and his buddy's like you're having a mental breakdown you drive yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay let's take another call hey jordan and jesse uh this is brian again i i just called about a, a man driving his jeep with with his pants down around his ankles and right after i got off the phone with you i got off the highway and pulled up to a stoplight and he pulled alongside next to me and uh now his underpants are down around his ankles, too. He's not doing anything interesting. And, and he it just looks like he's in, in, just enjoying the, the day and, and the breeze in his Jeep, I suppose. And, you know, nothing else interesting going on. But, but first pants down around the ankles and now, now pants and underpants. Anyway, that's, that's about it. Thanks. Talk about fallen heroes. Who can we trust anymore? Yeah. It's like behind every white picket fence. There is a darkness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, wouldn't it be funny if, like, you know, and um, God, what was the Tim the Toolman Taylor show? Oh, uh, Home, Home Improvement. Home Improvement. You know how, like, Wilson, his neighbor, over always talked to him, like, over the right over the gate, and you only saw the top of his head. But if one day there was like the last shot of Wilson ever was him like walking away from the fence, and you can see he was in his underwear the whole time, that'd be kind of <laughs> creepy. <laughs> what if he had his dick out though? That'd be even creepier. Let me ask you guys this. 
Wilson from Home Improvement. Mm -hmm. What kind of crank do you think this guy's working with? Well, I don't know that there's any evidence. So, I mean, I think I would just have to take a a wild, uneducated guess. Would you say this guy has small, medium, or big dick energy? Oh, that's that guy has that guy has a hog. That guy's swinging a bat with with that. That's much, how I feel about it. With yeah. that much sage wisdom, come on, you got to be swinging. Yeah, I think there's a. I think big dick energy yeah. implies a kind of a a calm, you know, kind of a. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what happens to me because I've got this. Yeah. Thick old boy. <laughs> T.O.B. I'm Tobin. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. No, I think I agree with you, Chris. I think that, yeah, his cool demeanor, his knowing what kind of folksy advice to give Tim for any situation. Yeah. Suggests that Wilson is packing. Oh, he's packing heat. Yeah. What about uh, the family feud guy from Home Improvement? <laughs> Richard Karn. <laughs> yeah. I think Richard Karn's doing. Yeah, I think I think Karn's got a little nubbin. <laughs> but he can eat pussy. <laughs> he can re- he real he he's, yeah. he's he's made up so he's I don't think you'd be uh, upset yeah. to go to bed with Karn because, you know, he's a foreplay man. You know, he's, he's a foreplay man. Yes. Yeah, Karnal yeah. Karnal <laughs> lay down a trail of rose petals. <laughs> Light some candles. Oh, yeah. He will attack that box. Can I say one other thing? Yeah. I think we can all agree on this. The best hog in Hollywood, Richard Kind. Mm, Sure. Right? Yeah. Richard Kind is, this guy's probably, I mean, just imagine the majesty. Yeah. He's packing. Yeah. A little bit of a hangdog look, though. Yeah. <laughs> Should we go go down and just list tertiary characters from 90s sitcoms and then <laughs> say what we think their genitals look like? Uh, I mean... <laughs> Niles. <laughs> Niles from Frasier. I think a medium. Yeah, I think mediums. medium sounds good to me. Yeah. I didn't actually want to do it. I just thought it'd be funny to propose it. <laughs> well, look, I said medium. Would it be funny to do it? I don't know. You, I, no, you... it wouldn't. We're done. We're done. It's done. But what? A, why, why did we do it in the first place? No one knows. We might as well do it more or not. It doesn't matter. We're just making a podcast, Jordan. Sure, you're right. We're not writing a book about world history here. <laughs> That's what matters is books about world history, right, I guess. Yes, thank you. Because if we don't learn history, we're doomed to repeat it. Thank mm. you, Jordan. Mm-hmm. You know, mm. Mm. I'm, I'm going to teach that to my son. Uh, uh, <laughs> such a wonderful father. Uh, I think it's going to be such an important lesson uh, for him to learn. And I'm going to teach him about why 1977 is the best year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. La, la, la. Hi, I'm Hal Loveland. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. And we're the hosts of We Got This with Mark and Hal, the weekly show where we settle the debates that are most important to you. That's right. What arguments are you and your friends having that you just can't settle? Apples or oranges? Marvel or DC? Fork versus spoon? Chocolate or vanilla? Best bagel? What's the best Disney song? We Got This with Mark and Hal. Every week on Maximum Fun, we do the arguing so you don't have to. Oh, all answers are final for all people for all time. We got this. Most game shows quiz contestants about topics they don't even care about. But for more than 100 episodes, the Go Fact Yourself podcast has asked celebrity guests trivia about topics they choose for themselves. And introduced them to some of their personal heroes along the way. Oh my gosh. Shut up. (laughs) I feel like I'm going to cry. Oh my stuff. Join me, J. Keith Van Stratton. And me, Helen Hong, along with guests like DJ Jazzy Jeff, Yardley Smith, Roxanne Gay, and so many more on the trivia game show podcast, Go Fact Yourself. Twice a month, every month on Maximum Fun. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Chris Estrada, L.A., cutie pie. Nothing but. Nothing, nothing but. but a cutie pie. 
so we recently started uh, using a social media website called Twitter for the program. Uh, I think I've heard on, of this. Yeah. Well, it's it's some pretty hot new shit, Chris. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if you ask me, it's just people posting pictures of their lunch. Okay. <laughs> well, all right. Jordan. Someone told me Donald Trump was a real hoot on there. Yeah, <laughs> he's a lot of fun. The guy from The Apprentice, yeah, yeah, he's great. He really, he's uh, yeah, he's having fun with Rosie O'Donnell. So mm-hmm. this podcast yeah. is actually taking place in the year 2012. Yeah, <laughs> well, this is a period piece. This podcast, yeah. yes. <laughs> We're at Jordan Jesse Go on there, and we have offered ordinarily for your benefit on the program. We ask that people, because we care about customer feedback and quality. We do ask people to tweet corrections to us, but we ask them to do it through our proxy, J.D. Power and Company. So we usually ask people to tweet corrections at J.D. Power. But at this time, uh, because we have this new Twitter account at Jordan Jessica, we are taking corrections directly. We have one this week from at Bailey S. Or Bailey's. Could be Bailey's, just named after the Irish cream drink. <laughs> yeah, are brands trolling us now? Are we getting our brand? <laughs> Yeah. Can we get a correction from Wendy's? We've got something here from at Carnation Instant Breakfast. (laughs) The correction just says, there are no vitamins in me. (laughs) You were a fool to drink so much of me as a child? (laughs) So at Bailey's on Twitter writes, in relation to a spider's supposed cloaca in the recent Riley Silverman episode... And I, I don't remember discussing a spider's cloaca, but yeah, I mean, I presume it's, we did, right? It's, it's on brand. I don't want to, I don't want to encourage this, but I think you could probably get through with a fake correction at this point. Just like something we <laughs> probably said. Yeah. I mean, I think somebody who was trying to fake correct us would write in with something about a cloaca. Yeah, no, I think. Uh... You got to f- 50% chance on a given episode of Jordan Jesse Go that we've brought up cloacas and gotten something wrong about it. So, yeah, I mean, you know, don't go out of your way to fake correct us. But if you do, you'll probably have success getting it on the show. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, Daniel picks these. God knows he's not listening. <laughs> I must clarify, says Bailey S., that spiders do not have a cloaca. Like most arthropods, they have separate openings for reproduction and waste elimination. Boy, so I guess we owe spiders an apology. Yeah. Do you think Spider-Man has a cloaca? No, I think he has separate openings. Really? Yeah. So one for reproduction, one for waste elimination, and one for producing tears for when he remembers how his Uncle Ben was killed yeah. before his very eyes. <laughs> Can I ask you a question? Yeah. You know that jizz that comes out of his hand? Where does that come from? That's a separate opening. Yeah. Okay. So there's spider does he have one? The jizz, yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess depending on what Spider-Man you're talking about, what universe we're in. But sometimes it's like a scientific device that he's created. In most Spider-Man stories, it's a scientific device. I guess they changed it for the Sam Raimi trilogy that it's a natural product, which I think was a fun... Anyway, I'm, I, I, I want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> Should I text Elliot Kalen real quick and just... Sorry, he warged into my body for a moment. <laughs> I saw the defeat in your eyes when you caught yourself going into the Sam Raimi trilogy, and then you were just like, I just, I know too much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I keep this up, I'm not going to want to fuck me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> J. Jonah Jameson is an older man. Mm-hmm. Do you think the reason that he, Chris, for your benefit, this is this is a newspaper publisher who hates that damn Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Why would it? Menace. Do you think that it's possible that J. Jonah Jameson just resents Spider-Man because J. Jonah Jameson can barely get it up, whereas Spider-Man shoots jizz out of his wrists? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I think, uh, yeah. The story of Spider-Man is one of penis envy. Yeah. He, he, I think he hates his virility, you know, just like bro. Mm. Yeah. People hate the virile. Yeah. yeah. We're, we've been prosecuted. <laughs> uh, you can tweet your corrections at Jordan Jesse Go. Chris Estrada, thank you so much for making the time to come on our program. We know you're a big television star. You got the funniest show on television, This Fool. 
And thank you guys for having me. This was a lot of fun. It's a real honor. And it, look, if you're out there in Jordan, Jesse, go land and you got the Hulu service, make time right now to watch this pool because this fucking show is tremendous. I fucking love this shit. Absolutely recommend. And you know what? If you don't have Hulu, get that shit. Yeah. It's like eight bucks. I don't know. 12 bucks. I don't know. Just get it. Email me. I'll send you screeners. <laughs> Chris will send you screeners. Email Chris Estrada. He will send you screeners. Yeah. You will have to get a unique code via text message. Yeah. But you know what? It's worth it. DVDs, flash drive with MP4s on them. Yeah. Yeah. These are all great formats to watch. This fool. Laser video disc. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Great aspect ratio on that thing. <laughs> oh, incredible. Send it out on, you know what, Chris, you should be sending this out on film strips for people to watch uh, in like double features with stag flicks. Oh, yeah. I'm going to start sending it out. It's just little like flip books, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's fun. That could be. Have you thought about doing a zoetrope at all? That's what I, that's exactly what I was thinking. Just the world's biggest zoetrope. <laughs> Can I recommend something to you, Chris? Yeah. This is just an idea. Mm-hmm. What if you brought it to schools to teach kids not to do drugs? Oh, that's interesting. Like a little school tour and you could put together a little stage show. Yeah. Maybe you could get Slim Goodbody involved. Yeah. Keep, keep them away from the meth. <laughs> sure. Yeah. You know what I always say? If you want to keep kids away from meth, you got to keep them close to Michael Imperioli. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, nobody's doing meth when that guy's around. He'll just knock it out of your hands. Yeah. The middle schoolers are like, boo, we we wanted little Stevie. <laughs> Where's big pussy at? <laughs> this fool, it's on Hulu. It's so fucking funny. You can also watch Chris doing stand-up comedy on your YouTubes and specials and live in person. Chris is a hilarious stand-up comic. Thanks for making the time, Chris. You can yeah. find us on Twitter at Jordan Jesse Go, at Jesse Thorne, at Jordan underscore Morris. We're on Instagram at Jordan David Morris at put.this.on. Daniel Zafrin is our producer on the program. Brian Sunny D. Fernandez, our producer emeritus. Our theme is Love You by the Free Design. Our thanks to the Free Design and Light in the Attic Records for letting us use that music. You can find us on Reddit at Maximum Fun dot reddit.com uh, and if you're on twitter you want to talk about the show use the hashtag jordan jesse go you're gonna find jordan this is something we're saving for a future episode but you're gonna find somebody did the math on that malt cup full of jizz <laughs> what a treat do you think if it's a jizz malt oh god we should be saving this but i just something to think about you don't have to answer this something okay. to think about do you think if it's a malt that changes the math because you got to put malt powder in there or oh, is it like an asparagus pea thing where you eat some malt powder or like a pineapple thing and it makes it malted? Jesse, it malts. Did we just become the Mythbusters? <laughs> I think we did. did. Wait a minute. What's this beret on my head? <laughs> and why do I talk so much less? <laughs> okay, we'll be back next week on Jordan Jesse Go. Hug you and kiss you and love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.